Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 275, 275 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the hoogiest creatrix behind Kcast Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name. Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio. Why am I yelling? <laughs> if you hear a little hmm in the background, speaking of hoogie, it is this darling, adorable space heater that I have. It's so cute. It looks like one of those old-fashioned wood-burning stove fireplace thingies. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> it looks like it's made of like heavy wrought iron, but it's not. It's like, I don't know what that is. Is that plastic? No, it's got to be some kind of metal because it's a space heater. Uh, some kind of really thin plasticky like metal. Um, but then there's a window that you can open and close like you would to stoke the fire, but it's got a fake fire inside so you can see the flames and I just love it so much. I love it so much. And I'm hugging a cup of happy. My mug says cup of happy. I need to put this down because I'm really self-conscious right now about the spit. I don't know what's going on with the spit. I <laughs> I recorded and posted yesterday this big planner nerd, uh, how to be the kind of planner nerd that makes Saturn smile. I posted that on Patreon yesterday, and I did it despite the fact that when I listened back, I was like, holy crap, I sound like, like the monster in a movie like Alien, you know, they put those little like spit crackles like when ah the teeth are like coming up on you and all of a sudden you hear all those disgusting sounds I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> my I noticed my microphone was turned down too low especially when I did interviews uh bless you for putting up with that because the person I was interviewing would always be way louder than me even though I tend to yell <laughs> So I turned the volume up, and ever since I've turned the volume up, it's just like, ooh, I sound disgusting. <laughs> so I turned the volume down a little bit today, and I hope that helps. I also just have to say that tonight at 8.35 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Saturn enters Capricorn. Woohoo! Happy Saturnalia! I'm very excited about this. I've been anticipating it for a long time because I work with Saturn as a guide and I've just really come to love this energy and Capricorn is Saturn's home sign. So who knows what's going to happen? I saw something online say that this is the day that Saturn enters Capricorn is going to be the worst day of the year. And I was like, what the fuck? Why are you telling people that? Well, now it's going to be that you've like put the idea in their head. I think that a lot about astrology. Like people, when it's Mercury retrograde or like, I feel like they look for an excuse in their life 
to see that things are going wrong when things just kind of go wrong all the time. Life is a little bit of a shit show. You just have to have a sense of humor about it. And it's not necessarily astrological. That's just my take on it. I don't know. I do love astrology, but we don't need to go looking for or like, gird your lines. Mercury is going retrograde. We're all fucked. I don't think that. I, I think like, yeah, if something goes wrong, have a sense of humor about it. Be patient. But that's just life, right? <laughs> uh, and it's kind of just all in how you look at it, I think. So for me, I love Saturn. I'm stoked to work with this energy. It is a taskmaster. Here I am talking smack about astrology and then saying I work with Saturn as a guide. <laughs> I do love astrology. Definitely, I do. I just have these thoughts, you know. Uh Saturn is a taskmaster for sure, but I like that. I like that. I like to grow. I like to learn new things. I like to confront my fears. I like to look into my shadows and see why I'm doing weird things that don't serve me. I like that. I really like that. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Also, y'all are killing me with the pog tweets and emails. Uh, I got so many pog messages on Twitter and and in in my inbox and it just made me feel so warm and fuzzy inside you get me you really get me I feel so understood <laughs> so there will be more pogs all the pogs I want a pog I'm feeling the pog I don't know why but why ask why? Just pog, right? <laughs> For those of you who are like, what the hell is a pog? I was joking. I did on Saturday. Uh, I wanted to experiment with something called Saturn's Day Evening Post, a weekly feature here on the podcast where I just chit chat, kind of like I'm doing right now. And uh, space to ramble, space to roam, space to just talk with you about how the week went, a kind of week in a review. And I was joking that it was the world's first pog. <laughs> so um, it was funny that so many of you caught on to that. And, and, and I asked you to, to tell me if you want more pogs. And you were like, yay, all the pogs. <laughs> it's so fun when I hear from you. I love it. Um, so... So, we have, we have a mission here today, and I better hop to it. I have to say, I was dreading doing this a little bit, I'm not going to lie, because, well, the mission is, it's a Q&A session, and clearly it's going to be the first of many. I sent out a survey in the newsletter, I don't know how long ago, a couple weeks ago, and I do this every year. It's the best thing I have ever ever done for, for my business because it guides me in what content I'm going to create, what your needs are, what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. And this year at the bottom, I put a section saying like, ask me anything about magic or personal development and I will answer you on the podcast. When I did that, just based on past surveys, I was like, I'm definitely going to have to break that down into two different podcast because I know it'll be a lot well <laughs> it was more than a lot holy smokes there are so many of you now which I love it's a huge blessing but I was like how what how? this is like 15 episodes worth of questions that, to answer 
So I, I went through and I procrastinated on this a lot. I went through and I found like questions that doubled up on each other. So I could just, instead of answering the same question over and over and over again, I could just answer it one time. And it was still a lot. It was still a lot. So I think I'll do two podcasts here at the end of 2017. We'll just roll right up to the new year that way. And then I'll finish it in January. And maybe some things I will save for content because there's some really good ideas there that might just make like a good standalone podcast or video or newsletter or something like that. So your questions will be answered because I promised you I would answer them. But it's going to take me some time. (laughs) And I'm going to say too, to make this less intimidating for me and to get the voice of resistance to shut up in my head, I was like, we're just going to do a short show. We're just going to answer a handful of questions. We're going to take our time. Okay, Joe, are you okay? Let's do this. (laughs) Like I had to talk myself off the ledge a little bit. So let's do this and let's start with the first responders. And speaking of first responders, huge, huge shout out and much love to the firefighters saving homes and lives all over Southern California this holiday season. Our holiday here in California has been... So hot, warm, not Christmassy at all, but also like tons and tons of winds that have been driving wildfires into our communities, burning up our rural areas because the firefighters, they have to focus on saving lives and buildings. So it kind of runs amok more in the rural areas than it does, you know, where there's a concentration of businesses and homes, although businesses and homes have been lost And uh, the kid and I had a scary run-in with one of those fires a couple weeks ago, and it made a huge impression on me. I have three firefighters in my family, so I do appreciate them already. But when you're, like, trapped in a wall of smoke and you can't move, you can't drive your car, you're, like... You just start to, like, panic a little bit and be like, what do I do? Do I get out of my car and run? Like, what happens... And uh, I was separated with Tanner for like five hours trying to get him out of his program this day because his program happens to be in a rural area where one of the fires was was doing its crazy wildfire thing. And it just made me think about like, wow, those guys worked so hard. I know my brother-in-law, he... He works in the rural areas, that's his specialty, and he leads prisoners, prisoner firefighters. And apparently, what he tells me is it's, sorry I'm rambling, but I have to do it. (laughs) The pog unhooked something in my brain, and now I'm like a pogging fool. (laughs) But he, apparently the prisoners, this is a place of honor. This is a reward for doing well. Like, they want to be of service. They want to get out of jail. They want to get out of prison and, you know, there's a certain trust level letting them out of prison to go work on a fire and I guess they enjoy it. But um, so he is like on the front lines of the fire, like face to face with the fire with these prisoners that he's responsible for. And and then they'd sleep right where the fire is. Like they lay down and sleep on the ground. He was excited last week because he got to sleep 
under the truck on someone's driveway and that was like a huge improvement for him so thinking about all that super heavy heavy gear they wear while they are like it's a hot day already and then they're like standing against a wall of fire I'm just like wow you people are angels superhuman angels so shout out to all the firefighters and people people whose lives have been touched by firefighters so <laughs> Having said that, let's let's turn to something less intense in life or death. The first responders to my survey, um, co-creating 2018. I'm not actually going to read the very first one because it was super detailed. It was a product request, a request for a three-book course with monthly meetups and such. So I will just say... Thank you very much for the suggestion and noted. Noted. I hear you. The next one is a question and it is this. What is the most effective spell for kickstarting my life and fortune forward into a more positive position? I don't know what the most effective spell <laughs> for kicking off your fortune is. Um, and I think you need fortune in a broad way, not like a financial fortune, but probably including for financial fortune. So just having a fortunate, beautiful, happy life. That's how I read that. I really love a commitment ceremony. I forget which module we do this in the Psycho-Spiritual Wheel of the Year. We do a kind of commitment ceremony. Uh, but I will tell you just like a Cliff Notes version, and you can flush it out and make it your own if you like it. So a lot of people set intentions, right, on a new moon or on a new year. A commitment ceremony, in my opinion, is taking it to the next level. So basically... You get married to your intention and you make a big deal about it. However big you want. There can be flowers. There can be candles. You can dress really nice. Uh, you could do it in nature, barefoot, in the dirt, hippie style. Uh, basically, you're getting married to yourself and promising yourself that you are going to honor the part of you that wants to lead this kind of life. But think of it as getting married to your intention. So you would say, craft something like, I, Joanna, take you, great fortune, a fortunate life, as one of my dearest partners and guides moving forward from this point on. Something like that. You write a whole speech. And then this is key. This is something I recommend all the time to my coaching clients and probably I've I'm sure I've mentioned it here several times too. I like rings a lot. It could be any kind of jewelry or something you can wear. Something you could wear. It could be an oil like a, or a perfume, but something that you put on and you... I really like rings because I can see them. I feel like the rings on my hands are for me. Other things, makeup, earrings... To me, that's because I want to amuse and delight the people around me. It's for you all. <laughs> but my rings, um, or if I paint my fingernails a cool color or something, 
that is for my pleasure because I see that when I write. I see that when I eat. I see that when I go about my day, when I'm driving my car. So why not take advantage of that and literally get yourself a commitment ring of your intention to create a fortunate life for yourself and get something that makes you feel lucky, blessed, fortunate, something that makes you smile, something that you just love. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it should give you an awesome feeling every time you look on, look at it, right? And then keep it in a place of honor so you can put it on every single day as a commitment to this kind of life. And you can craft little things that you say every time you put it on because what you're doing is you're driving this commitment down, 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 down into the deep, deep layers of your psyche every single time you put that ring on. So maybe at night you take it off, you put it in a really special little dish, a special place that you keep it, and you say, thank you so much. Thank it, thank it. Maybe have a little gratitude moment and think, what did I do today that made me feel blessed. And then when you put it on in the morning, you can say something like, I reconfirm my commitment to live a fortunate life. Maybe something a little more zhuzhi <laughs> than that. Something, something, something that inspires you. It doesn't have to take a long time. The, the initial commitment ceremony, you want to spend your time doing that. But then, you know, keeping the little dish with the ring and all of that, or whatever it ends up being for you, is something you can do very quickly over and over and over again every single day. And and the reason I said I take you as one of my dearest partners and guides is because there's some flexi flexibility in that. You can work with other guides. <laughs> you're not negating your relationship with your loved ones. You're just saying, and now you're in the fold and I am committed to you. And I like accepting it as a guide because... Everything we do is a spiritual practice, but, but having a blessed, fortunate life, figuring out how to get there, accepting that as a guide, it's going to teach you lessons. It's going to show you things about yourself. It's going to bring up stuff from your shadow, things that stand in the way of you having a blessed, fortunate life. And that's where the commitment comes in, because... A commitment, a true commitment. I am committed to doing this completely. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That can see you through those moments when you realize, ooh, I have this shadow issue that really is creating issues for me. And it's making me feel not blessed and not fortunate. And in that way, it really is a guide. Anything can be a guide. Anything. It doesn't have to be a god or a goddess or an archetype. It could literally just be an idea. So that is my answer. See, now do you see? <laughs> I just start rambling. There could be like 42 of these Q and answer videos just or podcasts just based on that one survey. I don't care. I'm going to take my time because I like to take my time and I feel a lot less anxious about it when I do. So the next question, speaking of shadow work, is this, <clears throat> I am interested in shadow work. I know you've done podcasts and I've listened to them, 
but I really feel lost when it, when it comes to doing it. How about a two-day retreat or something? Way to put the pressure on. <laughs> I get a lot of emails, people asking me to set up retreats. And I have to say, I have a lot of fear and self-doubt around that. I should work on that because my first thought is, I don't know how to do a retreat. And my next thought is really morbid. <laughs> it's, uh, what about insurance? Like, what if somebody dies? What if someone falls off a cliff? What if somebody breaks a leg? Am I responsible for that? Do I need insurance? Those are the kind of thoughts I have. Welcome to my mind. <laughs> I have mentioned to some favorite witchy friends of mine, like, hey, let's put a retreat together one day. And every time I've talked about it with a friend, it's always one day because I want to keep pushing it off, pushing it off. I've been pushing it off for years. These requests have been coming in for years. So thank you for mentioning that and making me talk about it publicly because I think it's something I really need to put some energy into learning about myself so I can hold my first retreat. And obviously the next fear is what if I put it all together and no one comes? Oh my God, don't know what to do. I'm responsible for, for everything. I, you know, I, what if I make a reservation in an awesome, beautiful place? Do I have to pay for that if nobody comes? Like, I don't know. I just start having lots of fear spinning out uh, thoughts about that. So I'll, speaking of shadow work, I'll have to do some shadow work around that and heal those disempowering beliefs and start learning about it and educating myself about how to do a retreat. Having said that, I'm all about doing a retreat online or doing a two-day shadow work intensive or something like that. I really love what Kellyanne Maddox has been doing. She does, uh, I think I would do it differently uh, because she's so great on video and she loves making video and I prefer audio. But um, she makes like these packages around an idea. You know, she does, I think it started with her self-love September and then she just makes a whole package of self-love videos that you can buy as a uh, package. <laughs> um, and then she's been doing this with other ideas. So that would be an interesting package to do like a shadow work intensive that you can buy and do. So that is an awesome idea. So yes, thank you very much for the suggestion. Here's another question. Do you cast circles? And what is your particular ritual when you do spell work? No, I do not cast circles. I have, but I don't as a rule. I've done it a handful of times when I was feeling extra witchy, especially in the beginning of... Well, it's hard to say when the beginning of my magical path was because I was a very, very magical person. I practiced the law of attraction for years before I got interested in witchcraft and magic. But when I got interested in witchcraft and magic, I would cast a circle and do the whole thing. And it was interesting. But I am not a Wiccan. I am not a ceremonial magician. I'm not into traditional witchcraft. And I'm a really busy witch. <laughs> so a lot of what I do is what I call witching on the go. And uh, I roll for everyone who's heard me say this 10 million times, but I like to work with a mudra for witching on the 
witching on the go. A mudra is a hand gesture, the one I use, it kind of looks like an okay symbol, like when you hold your hand up, like okay, except my pointer finger and my thumb are pointed together. I programmed this in so that I can call upon it anytime. I just need to like cast a little bit of energy some way, like I'm running late, I need to get there on time. Uh, for some reason, that's when it comes up a lot. Um, or I'm doing something intimidating and I need an extra boost of confidence. Like I'm witching on the go all day long and that is my go-to way to kind of hold space for focused, energetic work. If I'm doing more of a ritual, I do something again that I've talked about over and over and over again, but this is what I do. <laughs> this is how I do it. This is how I have done it. Gosh, has it been decades now? Close to decades, plural, I would say. A minimum of 15 years I've been doing this. And I say, I have a little incantation that I say at the beginning. I don't know if, if I altered it or if it's like verbatim, word for word from the book opening to channel. But when I was learning how to channel, I picked this up. It worked amazingly well for me. And, and so I do it all the time. I say it not just for rituals, but I say it before I do a tarot reading. I say it before I pick my morning tarot card. I say it anytime I'm doing something in a more concentrated way that I wouldn't qualify as witching on the go. And it is this. I ask all high guides from the white light and love from the fifth dimension and above to join me now. It's an invitation. See, I can't even say it to you without having a feeling. Like, I don't know why that thing works for me so perfectly well. I don't know if I believe you have to call in guides from the fifth dimension and above or from the white light and love. But that's how I do it because it worked for me when I first learned it. And nothing has ever compared. If it ain't fixed, don't broke it. <laughs> don't, don't, uh, what is the, don't broke it. If it ain't broken, <laughs> don't fix it, right? So I'm kind of like that. Like I try things on and if they work, they stick. And that's one of them that has just always, it's followed me around for years and years and years. I love it. I definitely feel an immediate shift in my energy. I feel a presence of some kind of guiding force that is a physical presence. It pushes my body forward a little bit or my head kind of like jerks to the side a little bit. I feel tingly. Something is happening. Something magical is happening. So that is how I do that. The next question, how do you attract financial prosperity? <laughs> if I could just answer that really quick right now, I totally would. Uh, I wrote a whole ebook about that called The Rich Witch, and you can find that in the left-hand sidebar of my website, www.joannadevoe.com. Scroll down the left-hand side, you will see The Rich Witch. I, I wrote a book just about that. <laughs> How do you attract financial prosperity? And it's it's a book for magical people. But it's very, very practical. I wanted to make it practical because usually the books that I've read on magic and financial, they're, they're just entirely magical thinking. 
Whereas books that are entirely practical, I think, could be intimidated to somebody who's very woo-woo. So I wanted to bridge the gap. So the rich, which, but I will give you some tips here, obviously. I'm not just going to say, buy my book, which you should totally do. Um, (laughs) I would say, first and foremost, act as if. And that extends to every single thing that you do. And... Maybe the commitment ceremony might be (laughs) a good thing for you to do as well, to commit to living a rich life. And you do that by starting with what you already have. So whatever's in your kitchen right now, whatever is there, like you go in there and you say, what would I make myself for breakfast right now using what I have in this house that would make me feel like I'm living a rich life. You have to define for yourself what financial prosperity is and what the feeling is that you think it will give you. Like, how do you think you will feel when you're wealthy? So is it freedom? Do you want to feel free? Is it luxurious? Do you want to have like a sense of luxury or indulgence? Identify what that is, and this will be a lot easier for you. So you would go into your kitchen and say, like, what could I eat right now that would make me feel free or really, really indulgent? You do the same thing when you get dressed in the morning. What can I do? What could I wear that makes me feel financially prosperous, even if I got a closet full of rags? (laughs) Like, what of what I've got to choose from right now will make me feel free? Light indulgent, luxurious, like pick it out and and go throughout your day that way. Uh, You just start acting as if. If your car is a dump, if it's like it's not the car of your dreams and so you don't take great care of it, wash your car lovingly inside and out. Make it as beautiful as you can. Respect the things that you have. Keep them very, very clean. Treat them like they're wealthy. Uh, I have super duper cheap clothes that I've had for many, many years that I bought um, when I was in a poverty mentality kind of mindset. Uh, So I took like extra good care of them because I wanted them to last. So, you know, treat your Forever 21 top like it's Versace, (laughs) you know, (laughs) hang it up in a place of honor. Uh, What is the word? Words fail me. Why does this happen? Uh, Mend it if it gets a hole in it or something. Steam it. Iron it. Make it look beautiful and wear it with pride. Act as if. Secondly, realize that wealth is a choice. It's a choice. I know that's hard to believe. For some people, it's very natural because they were born in wealth. For other people, they just have that kind of go-getter attitude. And for other people, they just from a very young age have had a deep conviction that I will be wealthy and all of their choices have led up to that. But you'd be surprised when you start playing around with this idea of choice, like maybe experiment with this for a week and start looking around and whenever you get a ping, like, oh... Look at that. Look at that rich person being rich. (laughs) I wish I lived in a house like that. I wish I drove a car like that. I wish I could afford to go in the Gucci store. Oh, I stood in line at In-N-Out 
two days ago, I think, behind a guy that had a Gucci bag. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. It was just the shopping bag. I don't even know what was inside of it, but talk about luxury. I love Gucci. I joke a lot that Gucci is my spirit animal. <laughs> um, because in recent years, it's just been delightfully quirky and over the top. But I, I digress. <laughs> so you see somebody walking by in a really cool pair of Gucci loafers. And you ask yourself, can I admire them from afar? Can I enjoy, can I just enjoy them and be like, damn, those are beautiful. And I love the feeling I get just looking at them. How pretty. Can I compliment the person on them? And then enjoy the fact that, you know, if, the, if, if Gucci lo loafers aren't in your budget, can you enjoy the fact that instead of blowing your rent money, on, on, you know, fancy of the moment shoes, you get to keep the lights on. And FYI, a lot of people that buy these kinds of things are putting themselves in tremendous debt. So don't be fooled by the surface of it, right? <laughs> Not that you couldn't have the kind of wealth that could easily and effortlessly afford you a pair of Gucci loafers and then some. I'm just saying, I'll, you know, not everything is as it seems on Instagram. That's what I'm saying. So that is a choice that you're making then. You're saying, oh yeah, you know what? I can just be like, those are beautiful. Wow, I really love those. And I also really love keeping my lights on and paying my rent. So I choose to not blow my money on an indulgence like that and to instead be grateful for my home. Um, another thing, another in this vein kind of idea of thinking of it as a choice. And again, I'm saying spend a week thinking about choosing to be wealthy and what that means to you and all of that good stuff. But the idea of choice. Think. I could totally have that house, that car, whatever it is. Um, a Ferrari drives by and you love it. <laughs> you could be like, I could totally have that Ferrari if I were willing to do what it takes to make that kind of money, am I willing to do what it takes or am I good here in my little VW bug? 2004, shout out, woohoo, 2004 VW bugs, best bugs ever. <laughs> yes, I have one. Um, and then you're like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> I actually don't want to hustle my butt off that hard. I want to live a slower, quainter but still enjoyable life. Yeah, I think I'm good. I don't, I don't really want to do what it takes to drive a Ferrari. What would it take? What would it take? How much does a Ferrari cost? How much does the upkeep cost? What kind of jobs that, uh, what kind of jobs do people have that buy Ferraris? You know, you start really thinking about the choice of it. Am I willing to go back to school for umpteen years to get a, a law or medical degree so that I can make that kind of money? Am I willing to start working on Wall Street and hustling my butt off that way and work my way up that ladder? Or is my time better spent learning all about compound interest and investing my money with a growth mindset and then having my weekends all to myself? Hey, that's a form of wealth. That's a form of prosperity. Don't get it twisted. If, if what you want when you really dial down to the feeling you think financial prosperity will give you is freedom. Many people 
with an average income have much, much more freedom than people who have like insane, great wealth. So identify that for yourself. Start Googling compound interest. Um, the Rich Witch is an introduction to compound uh, interest, one part of it, because I really believe in this. But there, Google stories about people who have taken advantage of compound interest. There are people that were like low salary teachers, janitors that amassed seven figures, seven figure investment savings, whatever you want to call it, um, because they utilized compound interest and they started investing like teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny amounts. So get into the joy of compound interest. Look into that for yourself. Just Google compound interest success janitor and see what comes up. I haven't Googled that yet, but <laughs> I have a feeling something really awesome will come up if you do. This question makes me laugh because it's not a question at all. And I got a lot of these. I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> I love that you took the time to write that. A lot of people wrote like, I love you so much. No questions. Stuff like that. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for filling out the survey. Okay. Next question. Less of a specific question and more of a general request. I would love to see you explore more of your darkness. Too many people try to ignore that aspect of the self when they should embrace it. I know you do this very well. So a general request. Talk about shadow stuff. I don't know if, if, if you got the word, but <laughs> joy is my word for 2018. So it might get a little Pollyanna, Joanna, around here in 2018. I don't know, but I will say I deeply believe that our shadows hold the gold. In fact, that Saturn Day, Saturn's Day evening post that I did last Saturday, it was called The Light in My Shadow. So it's definitely not that working with joy isn't going to bring up a whole lot of shadow stuff because certainly it will. And you kind of have to travel through the shadow and the darkness to get to a place where you are free enough to really be in your joy. A lot of us do. We have healing that we have to do and little obstacles, internal obstacles that stand in our way. So that's what I think of when I think of the darkness. I don't really think of a gothic kind of idea of darkness. I just think we all contain a shadow. The shadow is dark because it's, it's, unconscious we are we're not aware of the contents of our shadow like it, it sneaks out and gives us little little clues and tips but it's the darkness so this is what I think of being a light worker I believe a light worker is somebody who does shadow work because you are illuminating the shadow you are lighting up your shadow so you can see what's in there you're shining a flashlight in there to see what's in there so it can be acknowledged it can be healed if it needs to be healed Sometimes it doesn't even need to be healed. Sometimes it just needs to be acknowledged as a desire that you have and uh, honored as a desire that you have. There's so much hanging out in there. I don't know if we could get how many lifetimes it would take to get to the bottom of the shadow. <laughs> many, I suspect. I think that work is never done. So certainly I will be talking about it here, there, and everywhere. So noted. Yes, I'm sure we'll talk about darkness, but also my year for 2018 is joy. I want to have a joyful queendom. 
And this ties in very, very well with what we were just talking about. <clears throat> this is a long one. I'll just read it. I have a serious problem with negativity, and you're such a positive, optimistic person. How do you do that? <laughs> Seriously, though, I often feel like I can't stop it from happening. Most of the time, a negative thought is the first thing to come to mind or come out of my mouth. It's only later I realize I've not had a positive thought for hours, but my instinct is always negative first. How does one stop that? And not just temporarily when you're on guard against negativity, but permanently. Can it ever become a habit for someone who is sort of naturally negative? I'm going to argue with you a little bit here because I don't think that that is an instinct that you have and I don't think that you are naturally negative. I think that that is either a response to life and a way to keep yourself safe and protected or it's just been trained into you before you even were aware that you were having thoughts. <laughs> One or the other, maybe a combination of both. Regardless, you know, it's your default mode. It's become what you're experiencing as natural and an instinct to you, which means it's heavily, heavily, heavily embedded in your psyche. Doing the work to create a new habit around thought is a process. It's not something that you just do once. And it, again, comes back to commitment. This is the commitment episode. <laughs> it takes a huge commitment. Maybe you too would like to be do a commitment ceremony. I had no idea I was going to be going there so often <laughs> for this episode. But what the heck? It's a commitment. And here's the good news. I'm going to look back at your question here. Here's the good news. You say that you notice that you're being negative, And then you say, too, it's only later I realize that I've not had a positive thought for hours. So the good news is, one, you have the desire to change it. And two, you have an awareness of when it's happening, even if hours go by before, before you finally notice it. The moment you notice it is the moment to develop a new habit. And you need to make the commitment to doing that every single time. And in the beginning, it's going to be like a crazy clown show where you're like, this is nuts. Like literally, I have my, my monkey mind is flinging poo all day long. What the hell? <laughs> Let it fling poo. Let it fling poo. You're going to give it a banana. <laughs> so uh, you can do this with humor like I'm doing right now and think of it as your monkey mind flinging poo and you can be like, here, little monkey, have a banana. Seriously, humor works for a certain kind of person. Uh, or you can do it something a lot of people in the New Age movement do that um, I don't necessarily employ in my own life, but I've played around with it and I think it's interesting is to say cancel, 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 cancel that thought cancel it. <laughs> and you just cancel it. You picture in your mind a big red X right over that thought. And again, I think there's a bit of humor to that. I find it humorous anyway. Uh, you could go the Louise Hay route, pick up a copy of You Can Heal Your Life. It has a whole bunch of positive affirmations in it. So you can be straight up woo-woo positive thinking with it where you're like, 
you pick an affirmation that you like, that you enjoy. And so every single time you catch yourself being negative, you say, I completely love and approve of myself. Life is beautiful. Something like that. We're all a little bit different, so you have to play around with it. The key is to be committed to acting when you catch it. Just replace it with a different thought. Think again, act as if. If I were a positive person, how would I look at that? If I did look at it from a different lens, what would I see? What would I say? And work on self-forgiveness too. If a lot of your negative thoughts are like judgments on other people, judgments on yourself, uh, don't beat yourself up on it. Like, why am I such an asshole? Oh my God. (laughs) Just be like, I forgive myself. This isn't me. This is some programming that was put in place. A way that I protect myself maybe from being optimistic. You talked about being optimistic. Maybe you're afraid of being an optimistic person. Maybe that scares you because you don't want to be let down. You don't want to be made fun of. You don't want to be a cheesy dorkhead like me. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I suspect um, it could be something to do with not wanting to let yourself down. Not wanting to be vulnerable. Not wanting to expose yourself to disappointment and heartbreak but here's the thing about that disappointment and heartbreak happens to us all it happens to optimistic people we're just able to see the silver lining move on from it quicker say to ourselves like there's a lesson in this or this was meant to happen to teach me something you know stuff like that so Uh, Gosh, that's a really cool, when I look at your comment, when I look at your question, there's a lot of answers in there. Like you saying, you know, how do I become an optimistic person? That's a goal you have, clearly. That's a desire you have. Honor that and be like, yes. (laughs) And also what's, what's gold in your question here is that you that you are catching yourself and noticing yourself. So go with it, run with it, run with it. Make it a goal for 2018. How you do anything is how you do everything. So you could just literally make that one goal. For one year, I am going to retrain my monkey mind to stop flinging poo and to get into the joy of eating bananas because it's a monkey's natural diet to eat bananas. He might also enjoy flinging poo. (laughs) But if his hand is covered with poop all the time, he can't thoroughly enjoy the banana, right? I don't know. I don't know about monkeys and poop. Let's just end that there, okay? I hope this was helpful to you. (laughs) Okay, so the last question. I'm going to end this thing. I'm not really sure how long I've been talking, but let's end this thing here. Uh, how can we deal with woo-woo? Oh, this is a good one. How can we deal with woo-woo overwhelm? It always feels like there's 11 billion more suggestions of how to align and ascend and all that shiz. I meditate daily and I clear my energy when I get home from work. But apparently, I'm also supposed to heal past lives and somehow know what those were, do yoga, leave snacks for the fairies, hear the Orion Council, talk to my ancestors, tune up my chakras, drink mushroom tea, bury my new moon intentions, did I even write them down, and remember what my birth chart says about my career. It's like material world 
inferiority complex just transfers to spiritual inferiority inferiority complex. First of all, I hope that you're a writer or I hope that you have a slamming online social media presence because you are funny as F. Oh my God, you're funny. <laughs> you're funny. I bet a whole bunch of people are relating to this, but this was so funny. I'm like, is this person a writer? Because this person should totally be a writer. And if they're not a writer, they need to like get on Twitter immediately and start tweeting like a fool because this stuff is really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, right? Like the new age community is like, all the things, all the things. And social media, speaking of social media, really, really fuels it. Again, Instagram is a lie, okay? <laughs> things aren't exactly how they seem. A lot of people don't even keep an honor or keep an altar in an honorary, worshipful, devotional way. They just like to set up altars to take pictures of them to post on Instagram. And then they like to take pictures of themselves in their yoga clothes, drinking green smoothies and, you know, all of that stuff. My suggestion, it goes back to choice. You must choose. You must choose, grasshopper. Choose. And really, really revel in your choice. So pick the thing out of all the things that is lighting you up the most that you're most interested in and spend some time like rolling around in it and having fun with it and exploring with it. Like go through a phase, <laughs> go through a phase. And really, I have been through so many phases, so many phases. I mean, we'd be here all week if I tried to talk about all the different phases I've been through. I've been through phases in rapid succession uh, in the last few months, just playing around with different tarot decks instead of my usual go-to tarot deck. We go through phases. And that means you get to choose again and again and again. Many, many choices. Many, many choices. All the things. You don't have to stuff your face when you see the whole beautiful spread on the table. And it's a smorgasbord. You know, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable to be like, but I really want that chocolate cake. I want that chocolate cake and I'm going to have a bump moment with the chocolate cake so I fully and completely experience the chocolate cake I have that moment with the chocolate cake yoga snacks for the fairies the Orion Council these things aren't going anywhere you got a lifetime to explore this stuff and if you don't get around to it it just wasn't meant for you it just wasn't meant for you um if you are a regular listener to me or you follow me on social media you would know that lately I've been like, hooga this, hooga that, hooga everything, and Saturn, 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 and did I mention the 12-week year enough times? But if you were following me last year, <laughs> a year ago, it would have been Athena, 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 and did I mention Sidewalk Oracles enough time? I go through phases, and then I obsess on it, and... As a content creator, I will say the temptation is to keep things new and interesting all the time. And I got over that eventually. And I was just like, nope, I'm going to talk about Huga until I'm completely sick of Huga, until something else excites me and I'm ready to move on. Or it's just going to be Saturn, 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 because that's my reality right now. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm into. I'm not saying you have to be into Saturn right now. I'm just saying. This is how it's helpful for me. This is what I'm getting out of it right 
Now, check in with me next year, and I might be talking about the Akashic Records. I don't know. I don't know. And that's kind of the joy of it, is just going going down the path and seeing what pops up. So I would just start, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you watch a lot of videos, you follow a lot of, you know, new agey thought leaders, stuff like that, just see it, acknowledge it, and be like, I'm so happy that's working out for you. But it's not really floating my boat right now. It's a suggestion. Take it as a suggestion. Take it as a recommendation. Take it as, oh, that's where that person is in their life right now. But is that where I am in my life right now? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe later. Maybe another time. Maybe another time. If there are people that are stressing you out, even if they're fabulous, even if they're lovely, unsubscribe from their newsletter. Stop watching their videos for a period of time. Maybe they're just not for you right now, and that's okay. So discern, discernment. Discernment would be an awesome power word. And really focus on choice, your power to choose. And I guess I will wrap this up because I was talking about choice earlier. You, as a human person, as a spiritual being, having a human experience, have so much more choice than we typically give ourselves credit for. And in that way, we are like the many gods and goddesses of our universe. We have so much free will. We may be co-creating our realities, but there's a lot of oomph in our part of the co. And that comes from choice. You have the power to choose. So like get into the deliciousness of that. Like you are shaping your own reality. You are creating your own life with every single choice you make. Be the queen of your own life. Like, hello, I'm talking about this nonstop. You know, because queen is coming up at the end of the year. Being the queen of your own life uh, is about having command of your own life. And having command is so much about taking possession of your power of choice. I mean, like, I have the power to choose what I'm going to think about this, what I'm going to do about it, if I'm going to do nothing about it, and, and get into, like, the excitement of choice and realize you are making, like, a billion jillion choices all day long, every single day. You may be doing it on autopilot. You may just be choosing this or that because that's just the way you've been programmed. That's your default setting. Uh, but you can get woke, you can become enlightened to the fact that you have choice and that that is your superpower. So having said that, I will plug queen. I will plug queen. If you want to be the queen of your own life, if you want to have command of, over your own life and you are a woman, queen launches midnight at the stroke of midnight, January 1st, 2018. And I highly, highly recommend joining us for this five-week audio journey because it's such an awesome way to to reprogram your mind and to start looking at your life in a different way so that from there you have an awesome kickstart for the whole rest of your life and becoming the queen of your own life. Can you do that in five weeks? I don't know. It depends on what kind of programming you're dealing with, what kind of patterns of behavior and thought you're dealing with. But it's an awesome kickstart. It's an awesome head start. It's a concentrated period of time for really getting into that mindset. So yay, queen, there will be a link. There will be a link somewhere on Blog Talk Radio, on my blog, here, there, and everywhere. If you haven't done the free audio series, it's a three-day 
free audio series that even if you don't do Queen, a five-week audio journey, it stands alone. It's an awesome way to launch yourself into a year of the Queen. So I will link to that as well. And it's free. Did I mention it's free? You get a video every day for three days uh, taking you through the process of launching that new way of being in the world, of taking command over your own life. So you must choose. Choose, people. Choose witches. Choose hippies. Whoever you may be. Choose, 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 and choose again. Until we meet again. Much love to you. Peace. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.